Hello. Thank you for choosing to listen to uh, my podcast. I thought I would do an interview for my first episode. Um, I thought I'd try this format as, you know, just to get it going. I've never done this before. Um, I apologize for the sound quality. I just basically bought a microphone off Amazon and, you know, it's passable, hopefully. I'm going to play some clips of stuff that I've been working on at home. Um, Just a few little things. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And Okay, so let's just start with what we were talking about last night. Yeah. And describe maybe your first memories of music. Okay, well, yeah, so my first memory, uh, I was a toddler. I don't know how old, but I would say, it's hard to say, I don't know, like three or four. And I remember being on the floor in the living room and my dad used to play um, album uh, records, vinyl, a lot back then. And he liked a lot of the soul singers so he played Nack and Cole a lot and I remember just sitting on the floor playing with stuff and hearing Nack and Cole records and Nack and Cole's lyrics are very descriptive um, and his voice carries very well and yeah I just remember, remember kind of like it was very visual like I said, the lyrics kind of describe things that were quite colourful and and easy to understand. So I just would, and also when you're that young, you're not you're not that introspective. So you're not really like analysing it. You're not really there's no like kind of waste uh, opinion or like do you know what I mean? Like there's no mm-hmm. like kind of like now like I listen to an album and it's like who are they like you know like are they successful Mm. like where do they come from like do i do i do i need to be threatened by these people you didn't have an ego then yeah (laughs) um i just do that naturally um most of the time a lot of time i don't do that but yeah when you're a kid you don't think like that you just enjoy it or not enjoy it you don't even not enjoy it you just enjoy stuff they're not there yeah so yeah that can call um and then, I guess, my, after that was being at school, um, in primary school, being in charge of playing music in assembly. Uh, so I, I think we did it every day. Like the kids would come in. I don't know if this is like a normal experience. Like maybe you should explain what this looks like because I certainly didn't have like a a DJ at my like mm. entrance to the school right no <laughs> wasn't it no it was, so you have like an you had like an assembly every morning no not okay so you didn't have like a <laughs> gathering of children where the where the headmaster would be like you, you know you're the, you know every morning would be like this is what's going on like a big meeting no right well we did yeah <laughs> Uh, we yeah it was called assembly it was just I don't remember it because you know as a kid and I just zoned out until mm. I was twenty five. Um, yeah, you would come in in the morning 
and you would sit on the floor and the teachers would, would wave their arms around and talk nonsense and you'd get told off for something and not really understand why and then so when I, and I was in charge of playing music as, as, the, as the kids came into the hall. Like so that. as they come to, as they entered the school building? Or no, they... no, into the hall. Okay. So all the kids were already there. Right. An assembly would be at a certain time and then the kids would come from their classrooms with their teachers, like usually in year groups. Um, staggered kind of entrance and then so and I was at the front and I would play CDs as kids came in I wasn't on CDJs <laughs> you know like mixing and, and right. you know you just were sat in the corner with the boom box playing uh, yeah but I was sat at the front with like a really good hi-fi <clears throat> a really good hi-fi system and I was on a chair all the other kids had to sit on the floor right and, w- and what did you play I played Enya mostly um, and Queen, I think. Sure. Um, yeah, but mostly Enya, because I was obsessed with Orinoco Flow, the track, and I can't remember, I don't know what album that's from, but, um, yeah, so I'd play that every morning, um, and that was, like, a real kind of, like, the first time that I was actually introspective, I think, about music. Like, thinking about how people would respond to it, or just thinking about how it affected you being aware of how it affected me and also like how that might affect other people or how the music might might affect other people do you remember people being responsive to i don't it? remember no no but i wonder if they were they must have been i think your earliest, I can't your earliest gig yeah uh, yeah and that track is i still love it and it's very special it's a very unique sound but what it's not so unique anymore but it was you know I, I mean it, it kind of is as far because, as because it's so famous it's yeah. very recognizable yeah i was really obsessed with that and that really like yeah like i said i really was like i like aware of how much i enjoyed it and i wondered what it was i wondered how it was done i didn't at that time want to do that i just i just thought that stuff but I was aware of how it affected me emotionally. Do you remember, like, were drums the first instrument you played, like your in- introduction to playing music? Well, I remember, I, it was a long time before I actually got to play the drums, to play the, a drum kit. Um, it was a long time after I became interested. I remember being, again, being a toddler, but I actually remember being a baby before I could walk. I remember being on the floor and my dad would lay out pots and pans and I would just hit them. It's very cliche and it's almost like I'm making it up, but it's not, it's, it, that's what I used to do. Why um, do you think he did that? Um, to keep me quiet? I don't know, maybe I was... I, <laughs> it's I, I think, the opposite of keeping a kid well, quiet. Well, I mean, in the, like, I was, I wasn't... I I often didn't feel too comfortable unless I was being um, rocked or if I was, if I needed some kind of rhythm and it's always been like that, I still do, like I I think that's why I'm I'm a good drummer is because that rhythm is is to me like an antidote for my restlessness Um, and I've always been like that so being a very young child it made it helped right, for me to be able to hit things uh, in order and rhythm i wasn't sat there thinking writing like four or four beats or like you know like 
thinking that I'm gonna, you know, be the next Ginger Baker or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was just hitting this stuff, but it, it helped maybe feel good. And, and your dad seemed to pick up on that when you were an infant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the school did as well as I got a bit older. Being at primary school, the the the, the next thing after that was the pots and pans was. I used to tap on the desk a lot, and it was a problem. And the teachers weren't sure if it was, they weren't sure what was going on, but like they weren't, they weren't sure if it was, um, they weren't sure what it was. So they tried to, I tried therapy and stuff, and, and that didn't really make a difference. So they, they, but they bought me a set of bongos, the school did, and this is like when I was like seven, and I, th- I might be wrong, but I think I was about seven or eight. Um, and it bought me a set of bongos to, to take home and play at home. And I did, and that really helped because I was able to get it out of my system at home and I was able to mm-hmm. focus on something as opposed to just being unhappy and restless and agitated. Um, I needed that focus and hitting the, the, the bongos. Yeah, create some like order to yeah. it. Yeah. It was like chaotic before. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it, it placed it so in a con- in in a context. Mm. And it really helped and I was able to to kind of get something out of my system at home and so when I was at school I wasn't I, I still tapped but I knew that like I had this thing at home which I could focus on. How come you feel like um like we don't have bongos in the house. We don't have any drums in in the house. No. Do you, do you? Well, that's need many reasons. <laughs> Sorry. Do you feel like you need them? Like, um, I guess you have music making abilities. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. Like, I, 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 I still tap, and I still feel incredibly um, restless and agitated. Um, maybe it would help. Um, I always feel a lot better when I play. But the thing is, you can't. Play, you can't. I just can't unless you have a soundproofed room in a house. So you just can't play the drums. Yeah. drive everyone the neighbors absolutely insane like I remember yeah. being a kid like when I eventually got a kit when I was I think I was about 15 16 the whole street hated me because they could hear it and I was naive and I was a kid and I didn't care um, so yeah I don't know I'm not I, I the re- yeah, reason I don't have drums at home is because it's just not feasible is it something like, is there something to how tactile or like the reverb of like hitting something that is satisfying or like, um, like particularly being dr- drawn to the drums? Is it, do you think it's like rhythm based or tactile or? I think it's both. Yeah. I. I I know that I really respond well to touch and I really I really get a lot from how things feel and I get a lot a lot of things feel quite soothing and part of it is that this the the physical kind of sensation of hitting drums you know it's not just hitting anything but drums have a certain um, feel to them each drum feels different as well mm. I think the major- I think the main thing is though it's it's the rhythm and it's being locked into a rhythm and that movement 
and it being in that flow state, like you you really can't do anything else. You're not able to like worry about things. You're not able to like ponder and and, and be anxious, like because mm -hmm. you're playing. I mean, there, there there were periods where I, you know, I still was anxious, you know, like certain tours and things. But um, yeah, it's a really really good way of of focusing, you know. And I don't even really think about the way that the drums sound too much. It's it's really about how they feel. Like even when, say if I'm working at home on on electronic stuff on Ableton, it's really about how it feels in my headphones as opposed to the different sounds of the drums. And when I'm playing live drums and we're working in a studio, um, it's the same thing, uh, you know, and the reason that I don't, a lot of, one of the big reasons why I don't use cymbals is because I just don't appreciate the sound of cymbals, they don't, they don't feel that great to hit. I prefer to hit something solid and mm. so my, my, I feel like my drum sound is quite specific in that everything is quite um, tight and, and dead sounds like a negative thing but quite like I that. wonder if it's like related to your hearing at all too. Like yeah. there's something physical that happens when hitting a drum. Yeah. You can kind of feel the, the noise of it. I Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think I appreciate bass a lot more than I do the, the rest of the frequency range. I appreciate bass music more than I do a lot of other stuff. That's mm -hmm. an innate thing. I get a lot of satisfaction from that feeling. You know, a kick drum and a snare drum. Um, how it just feels good, yeah.
also, I guess the year before lockdown, um, you and the band were off and mm. you redirected a lot of your energy towards trying something new, which mm. was acting. Yeah. Um, why did you, <laughs> why did you choose that as your, uh, as your well, medium? I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really, lo- I wasn't looking to direct my energy. I think I, 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 I've always liked films, you know, like a lot of people, um, I don't know anyone, anyone that doesn't like certain films. I'm not like a, an obsessive, um, but. I've always liked acting, or I've always been fascinated by it, by acting and actors. There's certain actors that I like who do it so well that I'm kind of mesmerized and and it's just a, it's just that, you know, like an, an actor like Philip Seymour Hoffman, for example, who I love, his ability to, to, to kind of transcend acting, like he's not acting. You know, he really is feeling those things that that you're seeing, and there's no character. You know, it's 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 well, it's like he's a a method actor, particularly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's able to completely embody the person. He is playing a character. He's a character actor, I guess. That he's he's able to to embody the person that he's trying to portray, not by pretending. And that's the thing that that. that I you know I think is is the is the way to do it is is to be it's like an authentic recreation of emotion or maybe not recreation just creation yes yeah, it's, it's genuine and it's authentic it's a real thing and there's my favorite actors seem to do that um, you know there's method acting and a lot the common kind of um, idea of that is that you become this person and and it, and you have to like. You know, there's you hear stories of these extremes. You yeah, know, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, walking onto set, and he is that. Person. Yeah, yeah, he's he's Daniel Plainview for for two years, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily think that is necessary. Like, you can do what you want. Like, you know, there's representational acting, which is where you are representing what it looks like to experience an emotion. So you learn how to cry on cue, but you're mm-hmm. not actually feeling anything. Mm-hmm. There's an argument for that. I understand that. There's a lot of great actors that can do that, and you wouldn't know the difference. But if I go to a play, like I want to see, I don't want to see somebody pretending to do anything. I want to, I want to go there and experience somebody experiencing grief and anger and and euphoria, or, or uh, you know, the whole range of emotions. I want, I want to see them experiencing it. Because, s- because then you can experience it yeah it triggers the I can't remember what it's called um, uh, what's it called I can't remember the certain part of your brain which respond you know when if you see somebody um, something like the mirror neuron I think that's it mirror neuron sounds legit <laughs> yeah so if you yawn and I, I see you yawning I can't help mm. but yawn yeah it's, it's the mirror you know you, you see somebody struggling in, this, in, a, in a moment and you can't help but sympathise unless you're a psychopath, which I'm not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just want to clar- clarify. Um, and I just wanted to do that. I wanted to see if I could do that. I wanted to. See, I wanted to see 
if I had the ability to be able to completely completely hand myself over to to uh, an emotion and, and that's why I wanted to start and I've wanted to do it for a long time and I didn't have the chance and I didn't really know where to start and so when when we finished touring the Relaxer uh, album we knew we were going to take some time off and I thought now's the chance so I, I just googled acting classes in London and and that was like a particularly tough tour for you um, and do you think that maybe acting is was a bit of a, like an escapism or like a way to kind of get out of your head or your routine or your image or something like that I think yeah I think maybe it was a way to experience other things because um. you've said before that you are always kind of suspicious about the like you know musician turned actor or like yeah. that jump over um, it's not usually very good or well there's a big there's a big yeah there's a few things of that is that there's a stereotype of, of, of artists just doing what they feel like mm. you know and I, I've heard people in the, in the music industry like mocking people for doing what I do you mm. know like you know the guy in the band that wants to be an actor and it's it's a cliche, it's cliche, but but these you know I uh, and and these people do it for a reason. Like it's it's you know I consider myself to be an artist. Like you know, and a lot of people might scorn at that and think that's a pretentious way to view yourself. But I do. Like um, I feel like I have a certain obligation to myself to express myself mm. in various mediums and I've done it my whole life like it's, it's my it's, it's the best way for me to communicate yeah like you're you know studied painting yeah I did painting. yeah university and I studied fine art and I, I did painting mostly and um yeah and I, I, I you know I, I'm very critical of people you know and I am often quite harsh on people you see somebody in a film that's like that's their first film and it's a Martin Scorsese film and it's like fuck you how the fuck how how do you do that mm-hmm. you know I I, I, I want to do that like I want to have opportunities to be to act like it's difficult right now mm. but I'm also enabled I, I, I can't just go to somebody and be like hey I'm an actor can I I'm also in a band like maybe I can because I don't want to be used either like, and I don't want to be in anything that I don't deserve to be in Mm. So it, I do get frustrated when you see people who, who just jump levels, you know, and and they're just in something because they're already famous. I don't like that. It makes me feel a bit weird, you know. But who am I to say what it, what their motive is? Yeah, you know? if, there's if, good examples of that, like Bill Burr. Like, yeah, yeah he's yeah. been a great actor. Totally. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy, a musician from a band called Years and Years. He's a good actor, um, you know. And some people might see me in something one day and be like, "Oh fuck, yeah, he doesn't deserve that," like mm. you know. But I actually work really hard on uh, the acting. Like I'm doing it now, and you know, like last year I did I did Hamlet like on Zoom, and I really commit to it, and uh, I want to do it. I did a play in uh, when was it? 2019. Yeah. Yeah. The end of uh, October two thousand nineteen, I did a I did a play like uh, we did the Seagull by Chekhov, and it was a full play, and I learned the whole thing, and it was incredible, and um, 
yeah, I mean, it's just another another part of my creativity that that I I really want to explore. And do you think like the the dream there is like film, like feature length, big film, or more like theater? Um, I like don't, New yeah. York or LA? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I'm not, I would never ever turn down a film role or if, or TV role, you know, but they're different things. They're very different things. Theater theater acting and film acting are different. That's why. That's why I asked. (laughs) So. I, I, I would like to do theater a lot, um, because of the amount of work and it's every night and what I experienced doing it when I did do it, we, we did four nights, I think, no, yeah. Four nights, two shows on a Saturday. Yeah, I was completely in it the whole time, and and my mind was completely focused on the work, and it was really good for me. And I really enjoyed working with that group of people. I enjoyed being directed by somebody. I enjoyed having having a job, a role to do, which was was partly abstract but it was also quite objective in what I needed to achieve mm. I think that's good for for me and you know how did you like could you compare the audience like the idea of performing something in front of an audience when you're playing music versus playing a role well yeah I, I was terrified of when I was doing the play mm. extremely like the first night I was waiting for my cue to go on and I was just like what the fuck am I doing like why am yeah. I putting myself through this right now I don't All need to do this friends and family yeah <laughs> like obviously I invited people and that and it was a small place I was just like if I don't like focus right now and I don't concentrate on the work and and who I am right now I can't break character because as soon as I do this is all going to be completely uh, mm. absurd the fact that I'm stood here right now saying these things, mm. you can't let that happen. So I had to tune it out, and I did. And then the first night I did it, and I had such a high from doing it that the next night was easy. Mm. And I just wanted to do it over and over and over again. And the, the great thing is that you learn from your mistakes on stage. You, you always something that goes really well. You think. I learned something and I can take that with me to the next show and mm. you, when it's when you're only doing five shows you really like you just want to keep going and also I felt a lot of grief like after we finished like I felt like I didn't I had to like kind of let go of this character a little bit and let go of the, the play and the world a little bit and it was really hard to stomach yeah. and and I wasn't warned and I, I kind of felt quite depressed afterwards and I just lot I'd, I'd had to like put this person in a box and yeah I guess that is kind of the like you know tragedy of theater is that it it only exists in that moment and no two shows are going to be the same thing it's beautiful as well but it is kind of the drama of it is that it's just there in that moment yes yeah that's a good point I've not thought about that really. I guess I mean shows are like that too. You've said you know there's good shows and bad shows and yes, the difference yeah the difference with that is playing playing with a band on stage is I've done it hundreds of times and and I and I don't get nervous at all. Like I'll, I'll be nervous the next time we play because it's been a while. Mm. I get nervous about my ability, 
but as soon as you you play five or six shows you just completely lose that nerves and then I'm able to like just play and and the audiences are bigger and um, you can't see them that well a lot of the time when when we're playing Um, because because the lights and things and also the scale of the Mm. place you can't really see people's faces which which helps because the smaller shows are really tough because people are stood right there yeah you know we've done shows like special like one-off shows and there's somebody stood right in front of my kick drum staring at me (laughs) like staring at me with their arms folded and i'm trying to get your attention i don't know what it is yeah or they're just or they're just they've forgotten that they're a human being and that this we're in a society (laughs) um which is a good thing that's what you want i guess but it doesn't doesn't make me feel that great um can you feel when people are like really yeah. staring at you yeah yeah on stage part part of me is if i if i if i'm able to i'm able to to think yeah i'm fucking nailing it yeah you're impressed like yeah yeah this is like right now like in this room i'm you know, I'm doing something amazing and you're not. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's, I'll be honest. Um, if I can tune into that, that's great. Otherwise, I'm just like, I, what, what the, you know, what is this? What's happening right now? Because I don't really notice you looking up very much when I've seen you no. play. No, I don't. And you also usually have like a hat on. Yeah, I, I don't. Is that deliberate to yeah. not look at people? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. if I catch people's. If I make eye contact with people, then um, I just get extremely self-conscious. Right. But I'm like that anyway. Like I, I, um, I don't. I don't. I find it hard to make eye contact. It's like this weird kind of. Um, Too intimate. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I, I, yeah, I don't know. have a little setup of um some music making capabilities and and you are up here a lot and you do seem to be working on stuff but um you haven't really released anything yourself or no um another album or how come you haven't really Um, delved into that because 
it's there's so much pressure um, from from myself because um, I, I you know I really appreciate music and there's a lot of stuff that I listen to and I'm <clears throat> I get very kind of um, insecure about my own ability and I, I listen to I listen to something and I think what I do is trash compared to this and so I think why would I release that mm. and also part of it is that whilst the stuff I'm doing up here is it's doable and I have the tools to do it part of me thinks what would it be like if I was actually to go into a studio with a producer and work with other people I know that like that's what I do in the band but in terms of my stuff which is different yeah who, what would that be like? What would it be like to, yeah, to do that, to find a good producer? I know plenty of good producers, but to, to, to work with a producer in a studio, somebody that can be like, that's great, let's take that, like we do with the band, you know? We, 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 we collaborate, and I'd like to know what my stuff would be like doing that. I yeah. think it would enhance it, because I reach a dead end a lot. Like, I have, I have, I have, like oh, probably over 50 um, bare bones tracks like loops and mm. sounds and things and a lot of the time that initial kind of that incredible feeling of like this sounds amazing that wears off and then the work really starts and the work is structuring and finishing a track which I don't really in, I don't feel like I need to do either. Like you feel like you need another person there. Yeah, I, I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like to see how somebody else's, uh, you know, how somebody else's perspective could help. Yeah. I think I feel like that's what one of my skills in the band is to be able to be to have a. It's all of our skill is to be able to look at something and think, what's my perspective on this, mm-hmm. and that helps. Then you're three people who know what they're talking about in different ways and then you sculpt something together. Yeah. Um, how come you feel held back from doing that? Is it just internal struggle and kind of imposter syndrome or is it more like um, you don't want to insult like the band by doing your own thing or pursuing something else or is it just not the time? Um, well, at the moment, at the moment, obviously, we can't we can't do anything outside the house. Um, yeah. But outside of that, it, it, yeah, it's. I think a lot of it is imposter syndrome. And, um, you know, who contacting somebody to say, "Here, let's work together." It's scary, you know, and I, I, I there are a lot of unknowns. Um, with people in general as well, like I don't really know where I where I stand with people a lot, which mm. sounds weird, but um, I, can't, I find it hard to um, it's hard to describe. Because I mean, if you were to pull out your phone, like you have a lot of people's numbers um, in the music industry, people that you probably want to that you would want to work with or um, you would at least have access. I mean, you have managers and things to like kind of facilitate those. Well, I've tried sometimes. 
you know, um, doesn't go well. You know, often it's not gone anywhere, which is annoying, and that just did, you know, pisses me off. And I think, fuck everyone, I'm not going to contact you anymore. Because I think to someone who's not in the in the know of like how these things work, yeah, it might seem like oh, you could just have your manager yeah. reach out to this other person's manager, and and right. and that could be done. Yeah, yeah, that's what it seems. That's yeah. what it seems to me. Like. <laughs> You know, you hear of a collaboration and there's two people and it's like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah. Um, and often those people just get don't their managers know. to contact. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, I don't like asking my manager to do my work. I don't like, I don't like the thought of emailing my manager and him and saying to him, I'd like to work with this person, let them know. Because in my head, this person gets this email and thinks, who the fuck is this guy? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, he's in that band. Okay, well, no. Like... That's 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 where I go with it. So it's insecurity. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I know that, like, if I if I was to be in a studio with anyone, I would be able to do the work. And I work with a really good friend of mine, Adam Connor, on on music when we when we can. And the stuff we do is incredible. And 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 I really can't wait for people to hear it. Yeah. And we find it easy. It's easy. Yeah. And I want to do that with with lots of people. The reason that I haven't put out my own stuff is, is that, is that a it's very hard to finish, and b I don't think it's any good. Like, mm. um, it's just hard to tell. And at the moment, it's just you and I. Like, we're not seeing anybody at yeah, all. Zero feedback, really. Yeah, on on a lot of things. You know, yeah. we're not getting that. Um, we're not communicating with people enough to be able to establish. Because yeah. I mean, in a normal world there would be some kind of event or something i mean your friends put on a lot of things that you could bring your music to and get some kind of yeah, response I, that way as opposed to releasing it yeah. all at once or something and that's what i used to do like when, yeah. when i put out my uh my album a lot of that was from playing it to people and on tour like you know i used to play it a lot to to joe and gus and and I'm, you know, Joe in particular, like really enjoyed it, and and well, he, you know, he, I enjoyed playing it to him, and whenever we'd get kind of drunk, whatever, and I Darcy would love too, and Darcy as well, yeah. yeah, and I'd love to, I love playing it to people. I wish I could do that now, you know, because it's a really great, like, I love to be able to like play like a loop or something, and you get great feedback, and that's all you need, just somebody that you respect saying that's great, mm. then it's like, okay, well, yeah. But also, like, I have this weird thing of, like, I want it to be incredible. Like, I want it to come out and it be, like, mm. absolutely amazing, you know, because there's so many people that I res- that I look up to and I want to be like them, you know, and I want that to happen. And at the moment, I don't feel like I can do that. Right. It's a weird thing that it's, like, that I'm obsessed with. And a lot of people might think, why do you... Like, you're in Alt-J, like, you know, mm. like, why do you need that? Like, yeah, why do you need more praise? Yeah, and I often, <laughs> I often catch myself and I think, why do I need that? Like, I'm in, I'm in a phenomenal band, like, that has given me everything. And mm. I get to do this for a living. Is in, the, the fact that I get to do that is insane. I'd be doing, I, I would be doing this... Otherwise, like if I wasn't in the band, I would be doing this. Like if if I wasn't successful, I'd be doing this. I feel like almost even the success drives that feeling more of like proving yourself and having to be like, no, I 
I am an artist. I identify yeah. as an artist and like, yeah. see, I'm an artist. And then getting someone to be like, yep, you're an artist. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, I won't be, you know, I won't lie. Like I, you can call me selfish or whatever, but I, I, I you know, I don't like being known as just a drummer. Mm. It's not, it doesn't feel fair. You know, I don't, I don't think that's who I am. I mean, I'm, I am a drummer and I often try to accept that. I often try to convince myself that I'm just a drummer. In that context? Well, no, generally. Like so, like this week, actually, I've been trying to tell myself that um, it's okay to be just the drummer, you know. And I understand why. You, know, you read a magazine, you need labels for the, man, the band members for people to read it because people need to be spoon-fed at information. They don't want to think about it. Mm. You know, here's the, the singer, the drummer, and the keyboard player. Yeah. You know, and I get that. They're not going to list everything you do. Yeah. And, but I, I just can't really let that go. I can't really accept that. And I, and I, and I want people to know who I am. That's part of the reason that I'm doing this. Yeah. I mean, your identity is a, is a really big deal to you. I mean, it's a big deal to everyone, but it, it particularly feels like something that you've spent a, uh, a real significant effort to kind of figure out who you are for your own sake and then to like yeah express that and you know by the clothes you wear or the kind of music you listen to and and yeah it is yeah it's very very important and and it you know it comes from um being unheard you know throughout Mm. my my childhood and and feeling like i was invisible and Mm. and not having any any security in my own voice being um uh, you know, discouraged from having an opinion or a voice. Mm. Um, so now I can't help it, but I, I, I have to, people, for me, I have to know that people know who I am in, in an honest way as well. Like yeah. I have to, I want people to know who I really am. Which is slightly ironic in that you have kind of spent a lot of effort also to hide yourself from people but that's a, yeah that's that's a that's a security measure like that that that's right. like um the reason that i step back from a lot of stuff is because i don't feel like i can be honest you know like a lot of the a lot of what comes with the band is you, you promote yourselves and you promote the album the music so you, you do interviews and things and 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 they don't want to hear the honest the truth a lot of the time you know mm. and i get it like i i, I understand that you're there to sell something and I don't like having to lie I don't like being on tour and being asked how amazing is tour you must be loving it and I don't like having to lie and say and say it's amazing when I'm actually like really depressed Mm. I don't like doing that so I'd rather just step back from it and not do anything but the problem with that is it perpetuates this circle of not being heard so it's kind of like you're afraid to let people down by being honest in a way because you don't want to let down their expectations of like, oh, but I thought it was supposed to be amazing to be on tour or like I thought. Yeah, there's all kinds of, oh, yeah, that's that's the big reason. There's all kinds of reasons that these, it's also a lot a lot to do with me and I understand that, I understand that um, it's nobody's fault that that's the way that things are. Like, you know, you, you, you speak to a journalist who's writing an article about you, about what about an album, for example, 
you're there to talk about the album and you're there to promote it and right. that, that you're not there to, to, to critique the music industry but it's not mm. the time or the place I'm learning that now like it took me a while to appreciate the fact that I have a, a job in the band as you know in the public we, we, we each have a responsibility to, to if you want to make a living from it you have to do certain things I understand that now but it also I, it's impossible for me to jeopardise my truth and my honesty and so I'd rather just not do it right and I and I know that I'm not alone in that as well like I know that there's a lot of people that find it hard to be honest but there are also people that are completely honest and they're incredibly successful and they're highly respected and I would like to achieve that without offending people Mm. yeah I think maybe that is a challenge of being in a group dynamic too is that you're being kind of sold as this one dimensional or maybe not one dimensional but a single package a unit and then the reality is is that you're all incredibly different and you're you know you all have your own likes and dislikes that challenge each other's things so it's yeah i can imagine that it's a difficult dynamic having yeah having to represent three people equally honestly it's, it's yeah. not always going to happen. Yeah, no, you, 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 you find yourself a lot of the time speaking on behalf of, of, your, of your bandmates. Mm. And that's tricky because if, if you're in an interview environment, for example, you're not going to just stop the interview and be like, do you mind if I, is that right? Like, am I re- right. representing you in the right way? Um, you can't really do that. So you have to kind of talk and... And it's a weird thing because a lot of the time it's great that other people can speak on my behalf. Like, I appreciate it. Like, I appreciate people representing me mm. a lot of the time. Um, but it also, I'm very, very sensitive. I'm very sensitive, like we, like we were just saying. Like, I don't like being mis- misrepresented. So, But nobody, nobody does it deliberately either. Like, nobody's ever, like, tried yeah, to represent malicious. me in a bad way. Yeah. Never, ever. And... Um, yeah, it cut three is a difficult dynamic in any any yeah. relationship. It's, it's hard because more than often than not, you have a dynamic of two. Yeah. Against, not against, but it's two and one. I think but, everyone can attest to being in a, an awkward three. Yeah, the third wheel. Dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I also imagine that a lot of the time in our three, that the, the, there might be another person that feels like they're on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I. I I don't think I'm not a victim. Like, yeah, you're not stuck as a third wheel. So no, no, and also changing. a lot of it comes from my inability to, to to voice my opinion a lot of the time, mm. which I've really struggled with a lot in the past. Is being honest with people in fear that they're going to reject me. So I have to, you know, I'm learning to be honest, and and it actually feels great when you are able to to raise things with people. They respect your honesty, and you can talk about it, and everyone knows where they stand. And it took me 35 years to get, to get there, but... Yeah, it's still... <laughs> it's still... Could do some work. Yeah, so, yeah it's like having a tattoo removed. It takes, it takes a long time. Ooh. Um, was that a good segue into your... <laughs> into my tattoos? No. no. Into, into your music. You said you wanted to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. To just show some stuff. Yeah, I guess... Yeah, talking about the... Like doing this podcast, so I don't like. There was, there's no specific reason why I want to do it. 
I think it's I've always fantasized fantasized about having like my own radio show and I've been able to like ideally I would be able to play music right now that I like that would be great I wanted that so badly but I can't do that I don't think that gets sued so I can play clips of my stuff yeah and talk yeah and yeah I think that's probably about it for now um uh, oh, like very burpy from that sandwich. <laughs> burpy from a sandwich. So, excuse me. <laughs> okay, well. And we've got a chicken nugget here. Yeah, he needs some attention. He needs a lot of attention. All right.